0: Welcome to Stopped, a narrative podcast. A few notes before we begin. Although loosely based on the movements of the 7th Bedfordshire Regiment, many troop movements have been fictionalized. Stopped may contain graphic descriptions of wartime violence and gore. Please proceed with caution. 10 August 1914. Wickham, you gonna get out of bed before Walsh comes in and kicks your ass out? Alfie kicked the rickety frame of the bunk as he slid out of his own cot. Harlow, you ever gonna stop springing out of bed like a jackrabbit? Sam allowed himself a lazy stretch, stiff joints popping. He pulled himself to sitting, staying there until the second wave of the alarm sounded. He dragged himself from the bunk and began the scramble into the various bits and pieces of kit he had managed to acquire. He knocked hard on the mattress above his head. "'Anderson, no, you're up.' "'Leave me.' "'Thought you were from a farm, all that getting up at a crack of dawn,' Alfie said. The bunk shifted, and Sam looked up to see a pair of feet dangling down, and heard Charlie startle the yelp. He couldn't see what Frank did, but Charlie jumped down, landing on the balls of his feet. Frank followed a second later, landing with a thump on his knees. Charlie didn't bother muffling his yawn. "'Let me guess. Didn't sleep again?' Frank asked. "'Might have gotten a few hours in.' Frank gave him a long look before plopping himself next to Sam to do up his boots. What do we have today, anyway? Same things every day, Sam said. Frank and Alfie barked out a short laugh. Charlie was all too aware of their eyes on him as he finished lacing up his boots. As soon as he was done, they were spilling out the doors into the bright sun, falling into a familiar line. The air felt different this morning, A nervous tittering, running down the lines that made Sam sure he had missed something. He nudged Reginald to his left as he fell in, hoping for information. You haven't heard? Reginald shifted his weight. They're announcing what battalion we're joining. Sam was surprised, but he supposed it made sense. They weren't exactly standard issue, and it would be something to unite them. In the mad scramble to get a large army, they had been neglected. A place in the organizational system was probably more important to the brass than a sense of camaraderie. But Sam wasn't particularly concerned with the brass. Reginald snapped back to attention once they heard the heavy footfalls of the officers approaching. Sam followed suit with a bit less urgency. They hadn't been told to do anything yet. Good morning, gentlemen. Sergeant Walsh was a sharp man, injured in the Bear War. He had been pulled out of retirement, and as far as anyone could tell, he wasn't particularly pleased by the development. Morning, sir. I'd like to be the first to welcome you all to the 37th Division, 7th Bedfordshire. The gentleman to my right, Colonel Martin. We'll be taking over command from here, and we'll be accompanying you to France come October. Sam studied the new officer. The man had a bristling mustache, common among the old regulars. He carried himself in a way that made him think the promotion was recent, and more a result of necessity than merit. There was a spark in his deep-set eyes that Sam liked, though. He realized Martin was still talking, and snapped back to reality. Be in France no later than October 10. Further travel details will be distributed in the coming days. There was a ripple of excitement that ran down the lines before order restored itself. Sam allowed himself a sidelong glance, catching Frank's eye. Frank nodded, and Sam fell back, excitement coursing through his veins. 31 August, 1914. Frank couldn't afford distractions. He was here to do a job, not make friends. Not that he'd ever been much of a people person. He was doing his best to quell his more brash impulses if only because he knew these were the people he would be stuck with for the foreseeable future, that he would be seeing combat with, that he had to trust his life with. He figured it best to stay on their good side. He still preferred solitude when he could get it. Claiming exhaustion was usually enough to get him out of whatever activity had been planned during their limited free time. He wouldn't be changing who he was, and it was for the best that everyone got used to that now. There was no getting rid of Charlie, though, who seemed to prefer Frank's sullen company to anyone else's. He never said much, if anything. The only thing belaying his presence was the steady sound of his breathing and the scratch of a pen or a page turning. It had been irritating at first, like a shadow he didn't particularly care for, but he'd grown used to Charlie's presence. On the occasion Charlie joined the other men, Frank was aware of the quiet in a way he wasn't used to. He hadn't turned a page in his own newspaper for far too long. He was content, existing in Charlie's presence and daydreaming. The rate at which Charlie was thumbing through his family's letters had been slowing. He would fall asleep, just in time for everyone else to come stomping in, and he'd be awake until early morning again. They had created a weird sort of space that Frank couldn't put a name to. For an hour or so every day, there was no one else. No pressure to perform or be useful. It was a feeling Frank only knew when he was alone. Charlie never said anything about it, and no one else mentioned how they disappeared every day after supper. Frank wasn't going to bring it up, lest it break the atmosphere they had created. That afternoon had been different. He was half expecting Charlie to not show up that night, to realize that whatever attachment Charlie had to him was dangerous for them both. He had been tightly focused in the afternoon, cleaning his rifle before target practice. They'd all heard the same things time and again about the British Expeditionary Force, whatever was left of it at this point. Fifteen rounds in a minute. They were drilling them hard enough that Frank thought they genuinely expected them to be able to do the Mad Minute in just a few weeks. That hope seemed to be in vain. But he was more comfortable with a rifle than he had been when he arrived. Not that he had ever fired a rifle before he arrived, so the baseline wasn't something to be proud of. He was bored out of his mind. It was nothing but rope practice at this point. That was the point, of course, make it so automatic that they could do it without thinking. So they could do it when it wasn't just paper targets on the other end of the barrel. He loaded the chamber and waited for the signal to fire. The all-clear was given a minute later. He, along with everyone else, sprung up where they had been lying prone and went to retrieve his target. Frank flinched, instinctively. It had been a misfire, close enough to graze his arm. He could feel his heart beating in his ears. Hot anger washed over him, along with the fear, and he he spun on his heel, looking for the shooter. Alfie was frozen, obviously the perpetrator. No one seemed to know if they should pay attention to what was about to happen, or if they should continue about their business. Frank's mind had gone blank. He was charging forward before he realized he had even made the decision. He grabbed Alfie by the collar, hauling him to his feet. Alfie's eyes went wide, and that fear was familiar. The hell was that? No one was so much as pretending to mind their own business now. Frank's fingers were digging into the meat of Alfie's shoulders. An accident, Morrison. Sure you'd disagree if you were the one getting shot at. Frank hadn't had a good fight for weeks, and he was itching for one. He thought briefly about the potential consequences before he brushed them off again. He tossed Alfie down. He landed hard enough and knocked the wind out of him. This would be fun, especially since Alfie was already starting to get up. That wouldn't do. There was a hand. On his arm, he turned to shove them off. It was usually more than enough to get anyone who wanted to interfere to change their mind. Frank. It was Charlie. The rage cooled, running through him like ice in his veins. Alfie took the moment to regain his footing and scramble away. Charlie still had a grip on his arm. He knew he could break the hold if he wanted to. But Charlie wasn't afraid of him. Concerned at the outburst. But there wasn't a trace of fear, like he knew Frank wouldn't hurt him. It was different. It was an accident. Nothing to see here. Frank took a steadying breath. Charlie let go. This was not the place for this to happen. Frank was disquieted. He had a job to do. Nothing could get in the way of that. It was a matter of pride, practicality. But Charlie still showed up that night, reading quietly. It made it hard not to think about possibility instead of practicality. <laughs> 16 September, 1914 Night drills made Sam particularly irritable. It was far too much noise and activity, when any decent person should be asleep. No one else was faring much better in terms of sleep deprivation, but they were falling into a routine. And falling into a routine meant working as a unit. It was two hours after dinner, and they hadn't gotten to start their own drills yet. Sam was getting annoyed. It wasn't like they were going to get any extra rest, no matter how late their drill went, or if they were the last group to get started. The bugle would sound as soon as the sun broke the horizon, and they would be expected to be there, ready to go. They didn't have to be at attention, but were supposed to be practicing noise discipline. Sam was keeping his mouth shut. There was still a fair amount of chatter. Frank waved him over to the group. Well, they were all going to be punished. He may as well be guilty of the crime. He settled next to Charlie, who was telling a story everyone was immersed in. Sam wasn't even sure how Frank had managed to notice he had been standing alone. All right, so then Bernie, that's my sister Bernice, Sam, jumps out of the hayloft scares the piss out of Dad, turns her ankle bad enough she's stuck in bed for three days. Richie was three at the time and thought having Bernie around all day was the greatest thing to have ever happened to him. Just come to think of it, is probably why she never did it again. But why? Frank asked. She wanted to scare Bill when he came up to get fresh hay. I thought it was hilarious at the time. Sam was completely lost, but laughed along. So, someone was going to fall out of the hayloft, no matter what? Meh, Bill wouldn't have fallen. Besides, she kind of patient and jumped. (sighs) Sam settled for shaking his head, made him miss his own sisters. He'd never been away from them for this long, and it wasn't the first time he wished there was a more expedient way to contact them. My sister rose, loved cats when we were kids, especially this mean old tom. What the hell is wrong with you lot? Sam startled and turned. Sergeant Walsh was red in the face with the force of his yelling. There was a mad scramble as everyone lurched to their feet, shooting panicked glances at each other out of the corners of their eyes. Sam felt like a teacher had caught him cheating on a grammar test. He forced himself to look straight ahead made the conscious effort to bend his knees a bit. Now was not the time to faint. Is anyone going to answer me? Talking, sir? Pierce was the one to answer. Sam could see the gears turning in Walsh's head. Whatever punishment they ended up with would be unpleasant, and Sam was a little annoyed he hadn't said anything sooner. Could have prevented it. After all, he could control a room of children, but didn't speak up when his peers were doing the same kind of rule-breaking he'd never have tolerated in his classroom. Lack of noise discipline will get you killed. Extra parade, extra cleaning for a week, perhaps it will give you time to reflect on if you value your compatriots' lives. A general groan of discontent echoed through the squad. Sam clenched his jaw. There was no point in complaining about something he had brought upon himself. Thank you for listening to Episode 1. Stopped is written, produced, and read by Casey Armstrong. If you're interested in supporting the podcast, please see the show notes links to the stopped Patreon and Twitter. Transcripts are available at no cost on Patreon and on the website.